When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's hour two of the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale. Uh, Batcats going to be coming up starting on Thursday. The final regular season uh, ser- single, god dang, the final regular season series of the season. There's a lot of S's in there. Give me a break. Uh, TCU will be the opponent at Toyton Family Stadium Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. First pitch Thursday, 6 o'clock. Pre-game will start at 5.30 right here on K-Man. We will not have a show tomorrow due to the Royals. We'll be off at 5.30 on Thursday and Friday. DG, David G, returned to the show yesterday. If you missed that show, if you missed any of the first hour, just search for the game, KMAN Podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Find the game, KMAN. Uh, if you want some baseball right now, uh, Manhattan High Baseball is actually playing right now at Toyton Family Stadium. They're playing Wichita North, and it always seems like it's either football or baseball running into Wichita North in uh, like the first round of the playoffs or whatever. And this is technically the first round of the playoffs. It's a semifinal regional game. Uh, Manhattan's already up 2-0 on uh, Wichita North at, uh, at Toyton Family Stadium. What an opportunity. That's a pretty cool opportunity for the Manhattan High baseball team playing at Toyton Family Stadium. All right, we ready to go with our guest. All right, here we go. Uh, we're going to catch up with Mason Voth from EMA Online. It's been a lot, little while since we've been able to talk to Mason, who is a former host of the show, now, of course, is with EMA Online. Mason, first of all, how is, uh, how's Bud doing? Uh, she's doing fine, at least to my knowledge. So uh, that, that, I guess, is good. Well, I guess you're not a doctor, but what have the doctors said? Everything's good to go with the pregnancy? Everything's going fine? Yeah, they keep acting like everything's on the right track. So we've, you know, got uh, a little less than three months now for for that to to be true. So hopefully, each time we keep going in, they keep saying, "All right, things are looking good." Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's getting closer. It's it still doesn't feel like it's that close yet, uh, but I'm assuming that once uh, the calendar probably flips into June, I'll start to realize that I really only have two months left of just you know myself and bud so i'm I'm trying to gear up for it in every way i can which is in reality me just pointing out a bunch of things that i'm going to do for the last time before i have a kid which so like i'm playing in a golf tournament on memorial day i was like well you know i really want to play in a couple golf tournaments before the baby comes or you know i need to go to another royals game before i can't anymore so those are kind of the things that i'm using this pregnancy to my advantage for oh okay so when's the due date August 11th. Well, okay, so, you know, late summer baby, well, kind of like, you know, like, yeah, kind of like a late summer baby. I'm an August kid. You know, give the baby a few months. You know, once you get into, like, the spring months of next year, I think you could probably start taking your, it's going to be a girl, right? Yeah, going to be a girl. I don't know. Take her out? I'm a little, I don't know. I'm a little weird. I'm going to have to try and figure out what's the right age to finally start taking a kid places because, you know, sometimes I go to sporting events, and uh, to use a term that uh, Bud uses, you'll see like a fresh baby there, like you know, 
a month old or something. And it's like, should they really be at this football game with 50,000 people screaming loud? Like that would just, I know how I handle things when I have to take my wife or my dog places. If I had to take a baby that I have to keep alive places, I, I would not enjoy it, let alone the child. So uh, we'll have to see when I start actually toting her around to things. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, of course, seen many babies at, like, K-State games or whatever, and my thought is, like, is that kid old enough to remember what's going on or even register what is taking place? I I, I don't know the understanding of why babies are brought to games if they just can't find a babysitter, if it's a, you know, it's a family thing. The family, the whole family's coming. It is a, it is a family thing. There's definitely an element to that where it's like, hey, the, the family goes to, to games, and so the baby's coming because everybody wants to see the baby. And, yeah, also, mm. like, what are you going to do with it? Leave it in the hands of somebody that you don't really fully trust and be away from them forever long. So there are definitely reasons for why it, it plays out that way. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just hoping that Bud continues to volunteer herself to stay home for a while with with uh, with the girl while I do whatever I do. So has a name been picked out yet? Yes, name has been picked out. Uh, we've known for a while now, boy or girl, what it was going to be. So it was just once we found out it was a girl, we kind of made sure we were confident in the girl name that we were rolling with. We are. So that has been selected. That'll be ready to go. But that's kept on the download. Oh. Only two people know the only two people know the name, and that's Bud and I. Uh, so not even like our family members are going to know until after she pops out. Oh, now I'm trying to think of. Girl names that like sound well with like was that considered when you're picking names like what sounds good with both? Uh, yeah, I I'm sure that if I if there was like a name out there that I heard and was like ah it just doesn't sound good with both attached to it then I probably would have axed it because there are names out there you hear them you go man there's just not much flow to that name um, but no there we've got it figured out I mean I I can give you I can give you uh hints that are public to to family members so okay. uh your hints would be it's it's a name that can be used for a boy or a girl and that actually might be the only hint that i can give you right now so the first the first name that popped in my head is riley disgusting no get it out of here <laughs> no offense to the rileys out there but i i'm just I don't know. Riley isn't a name that I've had on my radar to, to to give to a kid. Well, actually, okay, another one that pops in my head. What about Harper? No, 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 no. I, I also, I, w- I don't think I would name a guy Harper, and <laughs> well, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not feeling that one. Uh, sorry to uh, Lindsay's son if he happens to be listening to this right now. Um, <laughs> all right, I got to ask you a Royals question. What's the uh, deal with Brad Keller in these walks? It's the same deal it's always been. He just doesn't like to throw strikes. I I don't know if it's because he's scared to throw strikes or because he just physically can't throw strikes. But that, I mean, he would be a really good pitcher if he just threw some strikes sometimes because he likes to walk him and he's walking him even worse than he has. So I, I have – you know, you're going to love this because uh, I hated the last pitching coach. I have some genuine questions about what is going on with the direction of this pitching coach, Brian Sweeney, because, like, guys haven't really gotten better under him. Brady Singer has gotten way worse. 
Um, everybody was pointing to like, hey, Chris Bubich, look at that. It was like two games he pitched well. Then he started to fall off, and then he had to get his arm taken apart and put back together. And ultimately, what my big thought comes down to in this, like it's great that the Royals are, are wanting to do things like the Tampa Bay Rays, but to do things like the Tampa Bay Rays, the better solution, instead of hiring a manager from the Rays, would have been to have hired a guy in the front office from the Rays uh, and make that your general manager because that's how the Rays have been successful. Like Kevin Cash is a great manager, but the Rays have found a ton of value in guys that have been undervalued, and so they're paying them cheaply. And meanwhile, the Royals were like, well, let's just get Dayton's disciple, throw him in there, and then we'll get a manager from the Rays. And it's really tough for a gourmet chef to make chicken salad out of chicken bleep, if you get what I'm saying. So you're not putting any judgment on J.J. Piccolo quite yet? Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, I am. No, he, okay. gets, he gets a lot of my judgment. No, he, he gets a lot of my judgment. I mean, he was around with Dayton, uh, and he, he had at least some say in it. Like he's got he's got time to figure it out. I'm not fully on you know, he's not on Dayton level to where I hate him yet. But he certainly needs to straighten a couple of things out here. So that's where I sit on this. But it's it's just brutal right now. I mean, I I just want the Royals to even be below average, and that's just not what they are at this point in time. Like the they're nine games back in the AL Central, which is the worst division in baseball, and the team leading the division is only two games over 500 and it's mid May. Like the, they should not be nine games out, at least be seven games out or something, not nine. If I guess the name correctly, will you tell me if I got it right? No. <sighs> My next guess is Skyler. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't want her to grow up with bad body language. <laughs> I, Skyler both does kind of sound like a snowboarder. I think anytime you get the bad body S language, the, yeah, that's a little that's a little joke for all the people that know out there. Uh, I don't know. I, I I just don't see that one working out. And Skylar Vote, that's one of those that I think doesn't doesn't jive real well. What's another name that has bad body language that comes in the deal? Oh, that and Mitch, that was just a little little callback joke to what people would say about Skylar Thompson all the time. Oh, I, uh, is well, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. He had bad body language. Yeah, that's people. The people out there that got that thought it was really funny, and then the people that I, were like, "I don't know what you're talking about," they probably didn't really understand. Not, I don't remember that at all. Uh, that was that was maybe more of like a, a message board thing than just like a, a straight up like talking point or social media thing okay i think it was ridiculous like i don't think you know bad things happen guys have bad body language good things happen they have good body language i don't think that was as a big of a deal like what people thought but it was a thing that was out there i want to talk a a bit of recruiting here real quick uh because i know tyler perry who a couple weeks ago announced that he's going to be a cat and i know he's your type of guy he's a scorer he can shoot from Mm -hmm. three I know Ray J. Dennis as well is on K-State's radar. I know they want to get a visit with him. Not quite got that done yet. And I know, you know, Illinois is on the you know, potentially landing spot for the Mac player of the year. But is Ray J. Dennis also like your kind of player? Is does he fit the category of a Mason guy? Uh you know, I don't know that he he's he's certainly not as good of a fit as Tyler Perry was. 
because as we know, Tyler Perry, he's got really the only thing that you need to be a Mason Voth guy, and that's he can shoot the three. Like, he was 43% from three last year for North Texas. Ray J. Dennis was under 37%, so not really my guy. More of a dude that's going to get up shots from elsewhere to get his scoring done. That's not overly appealing to me. Like, uh, do I want to see him making layups? Like, make them if you got them, but it's kind of a disgusting way to play basketball. Like, stroke it from three. That's beautiful. So, uh, if they could get Ray J. Dennis, that would be great. The The problem is I I think that they've made really strong pushes and good inroads with Ray J. Dennis, but I just don't know that it's actually going to be enough, and it seems likely that he's going to ultimately end up at Illinois. You heard it here first. Layups are amateur hour at the collegiate yeah, level. That's true. Um, Ernest Uday, are you all in on him maybe becoming a Wildcat? Uh, I'd be all in if they could get it done and bring him here. I think that would be good for them. They obviously have interest in getting a big on this roster through the transfer portal. And he's a guy that has, I mean, obviously talent that was projected at one point. And he just obviously at KU, it's kind of tough to see the floor when you're just not ready to compete for a team of that caliber. Uh, So I I think ultimately it's probably going to come down to if he's if he's really certain about the three schools that it, he's going to visit, Duke, K-State, and TCU, if it comes down to those three, I think ultimately it's more about coming down to those two of Duke and K-State. And what he's going to have to decide ultimately is, do I want to go to Duke, which obviously has the name notoriety and can put me on a bigger stage, but I'm going to have to really work to be on that bigger stage because of the talent in front of me, or do I go to K-State where obviously he, you know that you're going to get a staff that you're going to love and will support you and help turn you into something better than what you've been, and you're going to get the minutes likely attached to it that could really propel you and still be on a pretty significant stage. Like K-State did such a good job last year with everything from their on-court and off-court stuff that they're going to be highlighted much more this coming season than a lot of K-State teams in the past. That that even includes the 2019 team that won the Big 12 title. So I think those are the questions that are going to come come to be answered for Ernest Uday. But I do think that if K-State, if he's willing to come to K-State, then yes, the answer should be to be all in on him. I love his defensive potential. I mean, the numbers that jump off the page is what he would average like per 40 minutes over three blocks a game, over three Uh, steals per 40 minutes. You don't like it? You know me. Well, you're an offensive you know guy. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a defensive guy. I don't really care, you know. What What can you do on the offensive end? That's what excites me. Well, I like a 6'11", like 5 that can rim protect. I'll take uh, that as long as he can put it in the hole occasionally. Uh, occasionally, apparently he does. Other than the fa- the fouling is the blimmit. It's the, it's the black guy on his resume so far. Too many fouls. Uh, boy, if you – went per 40 minutes and how many fouls he probably has 22 fouls per 40 minutes uh, it was kind of ridiculous at times uh all right let's uh for the final couple of questions we're speaking with mason both from email online as we catch up on a number of topics i want to go to dallas and I, i've told the story a couple of times in my reaction when deuce vaughn was drafted by the dallas cowboys the best player in the draft goes to the best team or now is the best team because deuce vaughn's on the roster what was your reaction when you saw Deuce Vaughn to the Cowboys? Uh, I mean, I it got a same. It was my same reaction when Felix went to the Chiefs. It was a, an audible like, 
I actually on my couch was excited, like genuinely excited. Now the Cowboys one has more meaning to me. Like I love when there's a cat on the Cowboys. And so Deuce being that is great. Uh, and I mean, like it's a, it's a position where they needed some help and he can actually have, I think an immediate role next year for him. So that's, that's great for him. And obviously uh, the storylines that go with him going to the Cowboys is awesome. So it certainly was a, a strong reaction for me, and I'm just you know waiting for the the time when I can I can buy that Deuce Vaughn Cowboys jersey. You can uh, you can make yourself a, a custom jersey for like 160 bucks if you don't want to wait. Mm, well, I might I might give a call to my guys over in China. Oh yeah, that's see, right. <laughs> see uh, what they've got cooking up, and they'll probably be if I order that tomorrow. I can probably get it by week five. What yeah? What was the uh, what was the last jersey and how much was it? The like the last one you got actually from China? Uh, it would have been probably the Patrick Mahomes jersey I bought for John. Uh, the white Patrick Mahomes that was from. It was some bet we made in the office about how. <laughs> The, it was about the Chiefs getting to the AFC title game, and I said no chance because I rattled off all the teams that were better than them, and I was like the Patriots, the Jaguars, the all these, and it was just dumb. Um, but that was probably like fifteen dollars. Um, <laughs> that's typically the range that most of those sit in, and I mean they are great quality. Like if you don't pay like great attention to detail, you'll be like that thing looks better than what you buy for one hundred fifteen dollars, and. Most of the time you're right, but there will be like some minor details with the, the material or whatever else that you could notice. But if you get a good one, like it's money. I, I have a Dak Prescott jersey. That was the first one I got from over there. It, it's better than anything I could have bought for $200 in the U.S. So um, I, I don't know the legality of it. So I'm not going to say that like I endorse or am telling anybody to go out there and use Chinese wholesale websites to buy your sports merchandise, but also you might be surprised at what you find over there. Hand wash only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> they, I uh, I got a hockey jersey from there one time. Uh, uh, it was a it was a Patrick Kane Blackhawks jersey, and it didn't come with instructions on how to wash it. And I knew that you had to be careful about how you did it. And I reached out to. Uh, Reebok was making the NHL jerseys at the time. And I asked like, Hey, my Jersey didn't come with wash instructions. And they kind of suspected that I didn't get it directly from Reebok. <laughs> um, but you got to be careful on a couple of those things. Honestly, the best policy, just wear it inside for like the three hours that the game is on and then take it off, keep it away from all of your other clothes and try and go as long as possible without washing it. That's probably the safest bet. Do you have a favorite? Because I know you, you've told this before that you, know, you have a whole bunch of like random merch from random teams. Do you have a mm-hmm. favorite piece of random merch you have? Ooh, uh, I would say there are there are a couple that stand out to me. Um, number number one on that list, honestly, is probably the most recent addition to the collection, uh, which came when Alec and I were coming back from Greensboro. We stopped in Knoxville, Tennessee for lunch. And so we went and checked out Tennessee's campus and we walked into Neyland Stadium because they were doing construction. So a bunch of gates were just open. I think we were supposed to be in there. We walked up these big ramps that took forever, uh, which was kind of cool to see. 
and I bought a their like bench shirt for March Madness, except I got the Lady Vols version. So, you know, Tennessee women's basketball, obviously an iconic thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm getting a Lady Vols shirt. So it's got the uh, whatever it says, volunteer soul or whatever, but it's got the Lady Vols logo. So that's probably up there. Uh, got a Georgetown shirt that I really like. And then uh, my michigan jordan sweatshirt like jim harbaugh style that i have those are probably towards the top of the collection now i i've i've said that you know sports guys are typically the worst tourists but i i do like trying to visit college stadiums if you're passing through town i mean is there Mm -hmm. anything better when the gates are unlocked and you can sneak in because it's kind of hard to find those but when you do it's kind of like finding treasure Oh, yeah. No, it was great. I, I mean, I told Alec, I was like, we should have just found a ball and gone on the field. I think we could have. Uh, although they were get, they were starting to mow it because they were getting ready for their spring game, I think. Um, but, yeah, it was it was great. I've experienced that when we went down for, like, the Fiesta Bowl uh, as a family. My dad and brothers and I were walking around, and Arizona State had their basketball gym unlocked. So, like, just walked down to the floor and, and checked out uh, where the Sun Devils play. So that is always fun when you just kind of, oh, this is unlocked. Let's go take a peek. Speaking with Mason Vogt from Email Online, to wrap up, you'd mentioned, I think it was in our group chat, that uh, you, you brought up that CNN has a new miniseries that's already being broadcasted for already oh. a couple episodes, and it's the 2010s. It's their decades miniseries. And they've previously yep. done 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And I've seen all of those, and I love it. It's a great look back at history in the, uh, what is it, like 10 episodes in an hour apiece? Mm-hmm. They're all great. Great way to look at the decades if you don't know a whole lot about it. So out of those miniseries, what is your favorite decade? Oh, that's, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it helps that, like, I was, I was aware of everything that went on mostly or know about the things that took place in the 2000s, so I do like that. Um. I also think I would probably I would put the 90s in there um, because to me, like, that's a weird middle period where, you know, it's not all the way to the point where, like, technology is advancing, but it hasn't advanced all the way. And there are a lot of things that are setting things up for the future, like the 2000s and 2010s. But people are just so unaware of where things are going to go uh, that it's got them a little confused. So the 90s is, is pretty solid on there. Really, the only one that I wasn't able to get into was the 60s. Um, that just seems too fu- too long ago for me to really care about. And it all just seemed pretty lame and boring. Whereas stuff in the 70s, like, I have taken in some of the music and TV and movies that have come from then. Or it feels like the stuff that happened there, events-wise and politically, has a little bit more bearing. Anything in the 60s and before that, to me, like we're at the stage in life where that's not even real history at this point. That's like so far <laughs> oh, away. It doesn't even, here we go. it doesn't even really matter. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying like you get to a certain point, anything that happened in college football prior to like 1980 is irrelevant. Like you shouldn't even bring it up. Same type of thing. I think at this stage down in like world history, like 60 years plus ago, not really sure how much weight that carries to this day. Now there are obviously some significant things that have happened in the world uh, over the course of the last 200 years that you, you shouldn't ever erase. And like those do still have bearing today, but not everything. So the sixties I can, I can do without. 
to react to what you just said, I understand the 2000s. You're born, you're, you know, you're from the, you're a 2000s kid, right? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, essentially. Born in 98, so. I understand the 90s because technology was, a, 90s were a huge boom, of course. TV got really trashy. But I got to say, um, I'll let, I can let Troy speak on this, the 60s. I mean, when it comes to history, the 60s were kind of a big deal. Yeah, I know, but like, uh I'm gonna have to watch grainy footage, and uh, it's just I I don't I don't care. Someone me- someone needs to understand how much of the politics is basically on a reloop at this point from the '60s. Well, it's kind of like fashion, you know, stuff that goes out of style. Th- give it 30 years, and it'll come back around. So politics is probably the same way. Well, I'm waiting so, for uh, 80s maybe- fashion to come back. Maybe I need to give it a go, and maybe that's the problem, is that for something like the 60s, when each season starts with, like, TV and then music, I just can't get into any, like, media from that time period. So maybe the, like, politics stuff would be a little bit more of a draw, whereas the other ones they use bringing you in with TV and music to get you latched on. Uh, So I don't know. Maybe I have to give it another go, because... Honestly, the only thing that I love more than the entire show itself is the intro. I mean, just it's great music. It's it's a great synopsis of what's going on in the decade. So I'm a sucker for that decades intro that they have. Mason being a snob for particular decades is not a surprise to me. All right, I'll let you go. Hey, best of luck trying to get the number one overall pick in the NBA draft tonight. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, 3% chance. Let's go Mavs. That's Mason Voth from Emaw Online here on the game. Let's take a quick break. More of the show next. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale. It is the game. Troy just brought up during the Game Sports Update, there's going to be a change to the free throw rules in high school basketball. This is across the country, where basically it's going to the the women's college basketball rule since they're playing quarters. When you reach five team fouls, you've put your opposing team in the bonus and it's just automatically two free throws. There's no more one-and-ones. Correct. I love the rule change. I think, especially if you have a, a crew that likes to throw a lot of garbage whistles at you, ticky-tack fouls, and you get to the free throw line, it can really drag a game on. And then you're resetting the fouls after the first and third quarters and just reset back to zero, and once you get to five, that's the bonus. It's going to speed up the game a little bit. High school games can really drag on if the fouling is over the top. And, and, you know, and again, it typically depends on the crew. I'll just kind of leave it at that. That was just my one little point on that. I just I, I think I, I'm going to really like that rule change. Now, if we could get a shot clock, you know, I'm in favor of it, but I understand the logistics of it and how tough it could be on some schools to try to get a person to do that all the time, invest the money. Sometimes the money's not always there. I get it. I get it. I did see someone noting over the weekend you're talking high-level high schoolers in Europe play with a 24. I don't know if I would do a 24. I would think about 30. Sure. No, I'm with you. I just – it was interesting. I mean, it was a great point that they brought up in that it's a 24-shot clock for high schoolers overseas. You ever called a game where somebody just took the air out of the ball and passed it around and you know, no shot clock, they're playing a far superior team, so they're trying to keep it close? And Oh, yeah, I've called quite a few of them, actually. I've done one. 
called one one time, and that was just the longest five minutes of just passing around the ball. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. And I was just filling in for a, a crew, you know, just kind of doing a random game. They asked me to come help out, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it Ick. was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, You know, I felt like getting to this Magnificent Seven thing with the ACC, should we wait on that? Because they're still going through the meetings, and it's wrapping up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not much really that is developed today yeah. in regards to it. It's just that it's, you know, that group that thinks that they need more money than what the rest of the ACC does. Clemson, North Carolina, Carolina NC State, State, Miami, mm-hmm. Florida State, Louisville, and then who's the other one? Who did I leave out? Oh, let me double check here. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, NC, NC State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Yeah, the the, the, te- the yeah Virginia Virginia Tech those are the ones they left out they feel like they should have more money mm-hmm. than the other schools when it comes to their new deal and they're trying to see is you know is this uh you know this thing we got what we agreed on through twenty thirty six you know is it does it have to be equal can we get through that interestingly two three three of those no two of those Miami and Virginia Tech are old Big East football teams that came aboard when that whole thing imploded well and obviously this is probably based off of of course football and probably football ratings that would be it and clemson would be top dog florida state would probably be second they still have the brand as does miami my yes they draw the eyeballs they draw eyeballs man as much as florida state yes yes if anything it, it almost feel like that they draw more eyeballs than florida state i does. mean i think i would put money on florida state drawing better ratings in miami i understand where you're coming from and with the appeal to miami but that appeal hasn't been what it was in a long time miami hasn't really been good at football in a long time neither has florida state it's Yes, recently. They've had some rough years. But it hadn't been that long since they won their national championship. Bobby Bowden's not walking through that door. Well, Jameis Winston wasn't that long ago, was he? The Crab Legs? Mm-hmm. I think Florida State is... I mean, I could be way wrong, but that's just, just my feeling. I mean, can we can we quickly look up ACC ratings and see like what the eyeballs have been looking at. I don't know that I can do it quickly. All right, let's take a break. Let's get to a number one song of the day. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll try to find an answer to that because I feel like I think Florida State would take the cake, especially these days on the eyeballs. All right, Trey, what do you think? You get us out when we need to get out. I can do that. All right, real quick, I want to ask the first question. So, I've had a couple of friends this week. They're out at tropical places for vacation. And I've seen multiple places that these people have been at, and they've ordered like a cocktail, but it comes in a coconut, which is a classic thing. You go to somewhere tropical, and you can order drinks and fruit. And I've always kind of wanted to do that, but I'm not sure. Like, what do those cost? Have you ever ordered a drink like that? Heck no. Why? I like beer. You, you can't get it in a coconut? <laughs> 
So you're not a cocktail guy, huh? Uh, I'm very limited as a cocktail guy. I got into Moscow mules, and then I, I like tequila more than vodka, so change it to a Mexican mule. I'm like, man, those are good drinks. And I've just kind of dabbled more into cocktails recently, trying new things. And I'm like, man, I, am I starting to like this more than beer? I had a yinling. I bought some yinling, and I went to my parents' house. I was like, you know what? This isn't as good as a Moscow mule. You know, yinglings are good. You used to not be able to get them around here. Right. I've always wondered, like, what do these drinks cost? Like, do they just have a giant bag of coconuts ready to go to pour drinks in? You're not reusing them, are you? So it's going to be like tw- 20 bucks for a drink, but you don't know? I do not I know. I don't know either. I've never had one either. All right. Do you have a one question for us? What would be the best storytelling song you've ever heard? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had a, a, t- a little bit to think about that. Good Lord. Do you have another one? Uh, If you had to pick a money line tonight. <laughs> oh, God. This guy's looking to bet on baseball. No. Can you bet on a long shot to win the NBA lottery? Uh, No, I'm not betting on anything to do with the NBA lottery. However, I will take advantage of the fact that it's the Nuggets and Lakers tonight in the NBA West. Oh, man. One time, WWE mocked the Lakers and Nuggets in a series because... Denver had to kick the WWE out out of uh, the Pepsi Center because they had to play a game. Yep. And they didn't even consider them making the playoffs. Man, the WWE buried the Nuggets that night. All right, I for bet. Troy, I'm Mitch. We're out of here. Go Cats. Off tomorrow.